0: Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, where you and I together learn how to manage our mind and realize it's okay to make a mess as long as we are managing it. Life is tough, life is hard, we're experimenting every day, basically life is one big experiment because we don't know what's coming up. So cleaning up your mental mess is to help you recognize that it's okay to make a mess as long as we manage that mess so that we can repair and grow. And all the things I tell you in this podcast is to help you in that process. Now last week I spoke about the impact of the experience of COVID that we've had over the whole pandemic, the isolation and the unknown and the fear and the grief and everything that we've gone through, the actual experience of COVID, how that has impacted us and I gave you a few tips on how we can manage that. Today I'm going to go in, this is part two, and I'm going to talk about how the actual COVID virus has changed the brain and what we can do about that. Even if you had a mild version or a more extreme version, I've just had so many questions from people saying, hey, listen, I had COVID or a loved ones had COVID, a mild form or just a really bad version of it, maybe on ventilators and got off. How has that changed your brain and what can we do about it? And I thought this is such an important thing to discuss because listen, this is what we're facing globally. So I'm going to explain those changes in the brain. But what's interesting is that the changes that happen in the brain are very similar to the changes that can happen when we don't manage anxiety and depression, when we don't respond to those as signals and manage the, the mental messes going on in our life. The same kind of pathways are, are damaged. So that gives us tremendous hope because that means if we can use our mind to manage the causes of anxiety and depression and seeing depression and anxiety as signals and finding their root causes, which is what I spoke about last week in terms of of the pandemic. That means that the changes that have physically happened from the actual virus in the brain, because of the fact that our mind can change the brain, because of the neuroplasticity of the brain, and because these are basically the same pathways that are being affected, this is great news. This means that we can bring healing back into our brain. And I say this with all obviously caution because we don't know everything about COVID yet. And I'm just going based on the research that I've done for 38 years working with people who've had traumatic brain injuries and Alzheimer's and autism. And this, the symptoms of COVID in the brain, the impact of COVID on the brain are very similar types of damage to people that have experienced brain damage from, for example, a traumatic brain injury or who are showing early signs of Alzheimer's. So based on that, I was did a lot of work and research, help at developing systems and techniques to help my patients with managing those symptoms. And I'm going to tell you about some of those now. Obviously, I'm not going to go into the deep therapeutic aspects of that. I'm going to give you a broad overview so that you can under, sort of understand the basic processes and then what you can do to start countering that. And even if you didn't actually have COVID, it's still worthwhile applying the ideas that I'm going to give you today because we all need to be constantly directing the neuroplasticity of our brain. Okay, so before we begin, I just want to remind you that this podcast is for educational purposes and that if you need medical advice, therapeutic advice, please contact the appropriate medical professional. And also one more thing before we begin, I am absolutely thrilled that this year we are running my conference, my annual mental health summit. um, live. It's going to be live in person. I can see you. I can sign your books. I can take photos with you. And so we're super excited. That's running from the 2nd to the 4th of December. And early bird tickets are available at the moment. It's an incredibly cheap price. We're running it in um, Dallas, Texas from 2nd to the 4th of December. I am really going to be tackling covid what it's done to us, the pandemic, the anxiety, how it's affected our adolescents, the different age groups, the transitions. I'm going to be talking about, not just going to be lecturing, I'm going to be actually explaining what's happened, similar to how I'm going to even do this podcast, but in a lot more depth. I'm going to be explaining what's happened in the brain, what a symptom looks like teaching you systems and techniques and actually walking through them with you and doing like little case studies of problems we're going to select a few people's problems and I'm literally going to walk you through like a like a neurocycle lab so it's going to be very very practical hands-on you'll walk out of there really knowing how to use this for yourself We're also offering CMEs and CEUs, which is great if you you are needing those. And then also I have some amazing guest speakers. At this stage, we'll announce the first one, which is Michelle Williams, who's from Destiny's Child, great friend of mine, and who has an incredible story and incredible wisdom into how to manage extreme depression. So go to the link in the show notes and sign up for this conference. The early bird special is going on until the 30th of July. And thereafter, the price will increase. So I hope to see you there. It's going to really be, it's really going to be an amazing mental health retreat. We are going to really learn to recover after this incredible, challenging, chronic, endemic time that we have been through. But back to today's podcast. So let's dive into this. And I've got my notes up here. So if I do glance down, I'm just making sure I stay on track because there's some kind of There's a lot of information I want to share with you. Okay, so just very quickly, last week I explained to you that anxiety has dramatically increased over the pandemic. Now, what I want to distinguish between here very quickly and remind you is that anxiety is is a signal. It's not a disease, okay? It's a warning signal. It is your mind, brain, and body screaming out to you that you're going through something or that you've gone through something and that it's affecting how you are functioning mentally, physically. In your mind, your brain, your body, your psychoneurobiology, that's threatening your mental and physical health. So your body is working for you. Your brain is working for you. Your mind is working for you, not against you. So when we have anxiety and depression and frustration and and whatever, any kind of emotion, those aren't things to be scared of. They are your body and brain and mind telling you, hey, pay attention, this is threatening your survival, you need to process this, and you need to work out ways to reconceptualize and deal with this stuff, okay? So that is such a nice way of looking at these things, which can totally feel like we're thrown under the bus when you feel totally depressed and anxious and out of control. What I want to try and show you, which I've done for my research and my work over the years, is that you can be empowered, no matter what's going on, you can be empowered to just know that if you if you manage your mind, you can direct the neuroplasticity of your brain, and you can reorder your brain, and you can feel a sense of control and a sense of peace. Doesn't mean everything's going to go away. Doesn't what's happened to you is not going to go away, but you can change out how it's playing out in your body, so you don't have to stay in an, in these extreme states of anxiety and worry. So we spoke about that in terms of the pandemic last week, and one more thing is that anxiety is something that we all experience. And we experience it to different degrees at different times of our life. So when we talk about anxiety has increased over the pandemic, I am talking about extreme anxiety, the kind of anxiety that is off, kind of off the charts, which is accumulated, that's made you feel out of control and not empowered. So as it still doesn't mean that you have a brain disease, but it does mean any kind of experience we have is changing the brain. So it would have changed the brain because your brain is a responder. And your brain will change in various ways. And that's why we need to manage the anxiety so that we can reorder the brain, that we can change those changes back to a healthier state. So extreme anxiety would be anything sort of minus four, minus five, minus six to sort of minus 10 in terms of the number line concept that I always use. So for those of you that are listening to me for the first time, what I like to explain is that if you imagine a number line and in the middle is a zero, this side goes from one one to 10, this side from minus one to minus 10. And then there's a bell curve over the minus four to plus four area. And in any one day, we're having our ups and downs. You can be working and then you get a text and someone says something to you that makes you feel bad and then you kind of feel a little bit anxious and worked up and then someone sends you a great message and you feel a little bit happier and then you have a great conversation and you feel great and you have a great work thing and you feel great. Then you have another negative thing from a family member or something happens at work or you hear something on the news. And so in other words, the day goes up like up and down like that. So it's kind of between minus four plus four. The problem is that if we don't self-regulate that and manage that, it can, instead of evening out, it can start moving towards the negative side and you can get more minus three, minus four. And when those accumulate, then it starts shifting it into the minus five, six, seven, and then extreme states set in. And that's where the overwhelm comes in, et cetera, et cetera. So this is the kind of anxiety that I'm referring to that has increased during the pandemic from being in chronic state of exposure to all this negative stuff over long periods of time, over these repeated cycles of 63 days, nine weeks, every nine weeks we are forming habits and behavior changes. So if we've had persistent negativity over periods of blocks of nine weeks at a time, we've created these behavior patterns and changes inside of us that is impacting how we are behaving and functioning. And if those are negative, we can then have this extreme anxiety as a result, as a warning signal which is as the result of these, the experience, we're processing it, we're not, well, we, we, experiencing it, we build that into our brain and our body, but we're not dealing with it, we're not processing it, we're not deconstructing it and reconstructing it to make it work for us. And that accumulates and creates, creates extreme states of anxiety, and that affects the different parts of the brain. Now, we spoke quite a lot about that last week. This episode is brought to you by Four Sigmatic, a wellness company that is well known for its delicious mushroom coffee which I drink every morning for my mental and brain health. Four Sigmatic's Mushroom Coffee is real organic, fair trade, single origin Arabica coffee with Lion's Mane Mushroom for productivity and chaga Mushroom for immune support. Now, that is something to get out of bed for in the morning. I've been starting my day with Four Sigmatic's Ground Mushroom Coffee with Lion's Mane instead of regular coffee. And I love how it helps me focus so I can get things done and has really helped me clean up my mental mess. Now, you're probably thinking... Does this coffee taste like mushrooms? I can guarantee it tastes just like coffee you love. It brews dark and nutty and tastes incredible. We've worked out an exclusive offer with Four Sigmatic on their best-selling mushroom coffee. But this is just for cleaning up the mental mess listeners. Get up to 40% off plus free shipping on mushroom coffee bundles. To claim this deal, you must go to foursigmatic.com forward slash drleaf. This offer is only for cleaning up the mental mess listeners and is not available on their regular website. You'll save up to 40% and get free shipping. So go right now to forsegmatic.com slash Dr Leaf and fuel your productivity and creativity with some delicious mushroom coffee. The link and details will be in the show notes. Let's talk about the actual virus. Now the as we know the COVID virus is a prote has this weird protein structure. And it's a foreign invader. So immediately the immune system of the brain is going to respond by sending out immune factors like T lymphocytes and B lymphocytes and macrophages to that COVID protein and to the COVID virus to try and fight it. And that creates a state of inflammation. So what they have seen in COVID is a lot of inflammation across the brain, across the entire brain. Now, initially, they couldn't do a lot of autopsies on COVID, people that had died from COVID because of the infectious nature. Now they know more. They've been able to do more autopsies. So they've been able to see what the damage is inside the brain. And I'm telling you this, and I know it sounds scary, but if you nurse, if you get knowledge and you get understanding and then you have some skills to counter that, then you can help to be proactive in if you've experienced COVID to help you to build health back into your brain. And that's what the purpose of this particular podcast is not to make you scared, but to make you aware that there are changes. These are the changes and this is what you can do. So inflammation is a response of the immune system to try and protect you. It's like it's your body, it's your immune system of your body trying to help you survive. And if the COVID virus isn't responding, then the inflammation can increase and increased inflammation can create like another type of brain damage in your brain. So instead of helping you, it kind of doesn't help you. And that increased inflammation then can impact has an impact through your entire body. And so that's where we see the other types of extra symptoms that come along with COVID. That you can have different types of problems in addition to the brain, the 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 different the changes in the brain. But let's stick with the changes in the brain at the moment. Now inflammation can be controlled and it obviously can be controlled through the medications that they're using to help with COVID because that, that helps them to fight the COVID virus and then that, that then will reduce the inflammatory response of the brain. But we can also do certain things in our mind once, we, once you're feeling better. You can also do mind work because your mind is driving the brain and the body. And the more healthy mind work we do, the more healthy energy and neurochemical responses we are activating in the brain and the body, which can also help fight that inflammation what they also found is that which is quite interesting what's very interesting is that that the tiny little blood vessels across the whole brain and the brain was having like some of these blood vessels were bursting so they were like little mini strokes across the different parts of the brain and it wasn't in one particular area it was all over the brain so and some time they would sometimes there would be clusters in the front part of the brain sometimes in the side of the brain sometimes in the back of the brain so different parts of the brain had these tiny little blood vessel patterns, like little tiny mini strokes in these tiny little blood vessels across the brain. And that in itself reduced the oxygen and blood flow in the brain, which then also decreased cognitive functioning and could account for a lot of the symptoms that people were experiencing. And then another thing that they found is that because of the issue with the lungs, there was less oxygen and blood flow flowing to the brain. And so there was the front part of the brain we, we talk about the frontal temporal part of the brain, the frontal lobe over here, and then that's the temporal lobe on the side. And what they found was that there was a, was a reduction in gray matter. Now, gray matter is, is when we talk about gray matter, we're referring to the neurons with all their dendrites, which take on a kind of gray look inside the brain. And that's where our memories on their thought trees are stored. And that, that volume reduced from the lack of oxygen and high fevers and so on from COVID. So that and then also an interesting thing that happened and, and I'm telling you all these things and I'm gonna tell you how we can how we can start countering these these processes. What's very interesting is that when we are processing information, like right now, you're listening to me, I'm saying words, you seeing me if you're watching me as well. So you're getting all these sound waves and electromagnetic light waves and using your mind to think and feel and make choices to understand what I'm saying. And that's your mind in action. So your mind is very busy in action, taking all this information and putting this into your brain and building it into thought trees. But that follows a very specific pathway. So from what you're hearing to the point where you actually build a thought tree of what I am teaching you, that that, that process follows a specific pathway in the brain. Now, it's very complicated, so I'm just going to simplify this. But what's interesting and why I'm telling you this is that the pathway that that the thought building process follows in the brain is the same pathway that seems to that the COVID virus seems to be affecting. Now, all of us have heard that and and, and if you've if you have if you've had COVID, the, the, there was the weird things of smell and taste being affected. And for sometimes for quite long periods of time where you couldn't smell it was you know, some people couldn't smell anything and taste anything for a long time and some people it was just degrees of that and for different periods of time. And that wasn't from congestion in the nose. That was from the nerves between conveying information from the nose into the brain. That part of those nerves got damaged. And that is part of the pathway of processing information. So as you're listening to me now, this information is an electromagnetic light wave and sound waves and quantum waves, and they are moving into your brain and they kind of enter into your brain and and, and there's like a sort of receiving area, kind of where I'm pointing to now. This is very complex stuff that I'm trying to simplify. So this is a temporal lobe. Then if you go deep inside the temporal lobe, there's a little doorway that I call the doorway. It's called the entorhinal cortex. And it's like information is started, is funneled into there and starts being processed. So the thought-building process begins. It gets re- the information is received, sort of coordinated, pushed into this little doorway, which is kind of deep inside where my corner of my eyes are, behind our eyes, Okay. And then from there it passes in in into what we call the thalamus, deep inside the brain, sort of between this area but deep inside, which is like a relay station, which then activates existing memories that you have in their thought trees across the outer part of the brain, the cortex of the brain. And those are activated because every time that you are listening to new information or you get new information in your brain, it's always processed with the help of existing memories. So once information has gone from the temporal load to the entire internal cortex, then in, as it's in, that activates the thalamus to say, okay, what do we know about this information? And then then memories are activated in that part of the brain. And then that is then fed back to the, this incoming information and it's kind of combined. And then that information is then passed through the amygdala and the amygdala is also kind of deep inside very close to the top of my bridge of my nose, deep down inside the brain, so in this frontal area of the brain. And the amygdala is involved in emotional perceptions. So for every memory that we have, we have a perception. These emotional perceptions, a mindset, a, a perspective. It's like a library. We always explain the amygdala as being like a library. And like a library's got books that contain information, the amygdala has all this, in every memory we have, we have like the emotional perceptions, kind of the the mindset around, the attitude around that. The perception, the, the viewpoint of that memory that you're storing in the cortex, there's like a little bit of colourful information in these little library books and it can be positive or negative. And so the um, amygdala gets activated and that's because it's the emotional perceptions, that's the whole emotional flavouring is added and the feelings and colours of, and that creates a whole lot of context and colour to the memory. And obviously if it's negative, it has one impact and if it's positive, it has, has another impact. And then the information moves over to the hippocampus where it's kind of stored and held and all this, this emotional perception and existing memories and incoming information is kind of in a holding zone for 24 to 72 hours as it's then kind of processed and converted from short-term to long-term memory. And then it's basically built, the whole genetic, the electromagnetic and genetic reaction starts occurring and the memory starts building. So the, even though it's being held in the hippocampus, the memories are building all the time. So it's held there, but the memory is building immediately. So as, you're talking, as I'm talking now, this information's going through the cycle and it's being held in your hippocampus and will be there for the next 24 to 72 hours. But at the same time, you're also building what I'm talking about into, into the, the cortex, the outer part of your brain in these thought trees. If we want to be healthier mentally and physically One of the best things we can possibly do is get several hours of quality sleep every night. The brain and body heal itself when we sleep. It really is one of the most amazing processes, even if you are not conscious when it happens. But I know it's hard to get good quality sleep sometimes. Your mind keeps you awake, life is stressful, and there are often a hundred anxious reasons why you can't fall asleep at night. Thankfully, there are also ways we can improve our sleep quality and overall health, including taking magnesium. Believe it or not, around 75% of people don't have enough magnesium. No wonder so many people have sleep problems. But please do not run to the store to buy the first magnesium supplement you find. Most magnesium supplements use only the two cheapest synthetic forms. And since they're not full spectrum, they won't support better sleeping habits. There are actually seven unique forms of magnesium. And you must get all of them if you want to experience its calming, sleep-enhancing effects. That's why I recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bio-Optimizers. Simply take two capsules before you go to bed and you'll be amazed at how much better you sleep and how much more rested you feel when you wake up. For an exclusive offer for my listeners, go to www.magbreakthrough.com forward slash LEAF and use Dr. LEAF 10 during checkout to save 10% on your order. The link and details will be in the show notes. Now, that pathway is the pathway that seems to be affected with people that have had COVID. So the entorhinal cortex, the receiving, the processing, the ability to call on other memories, the ability to hold in short to long term memory. So therefore, people have been experiencing things like memory loss, forgetting things, but back, back into process stuff, backing to organise information, and to to do tasks like maybe cooking a meal, co- you know, coordinating maybe the work that you used to do, not being able to sort of put it all together and organise your thoughts that you can do it properly. Then there's been things like increased impulsivity, decreased. Decision making ability decreased, executive type functions, emotional li- liability, So the up and down extreme emotions, as the frontal lobe gray area gets a little bit less, and we find that there's a lowering of energy of the brain waves, and then that can lead to depressive states. So there's been increased sort of very flat moods and depression, tremendous fatigue. In other words, that those are symptoms of very similar symptoms to what can happen with someone who's had a traumatic brain injury or who suffered who's starting to show mild cognitive impairment, which could be potentially leading to Alzheimer's in the different stages of Alzheimer's. So that so it's the same pathway. And so now because of this, there is a consortium of 30 countries that are have come together to research these changes that are happening in the brain and what are the long term impacts and what does it look like and is it going to increase or lead into things like Alzheimer's and what can be done to prevent it. So it's really good that this research is going on. But for you right now, hearing this right now, what can you do immediately? So to to help you to sort of put this all together, essentially the damage that has occurred in the brain as a result of COVID is, is tracking the same pathway as how a thought forms. So therefore, if we can take that knowledge of of that pathway and if we can use our mind in such a way that we can direct a good flow of energy through that pathway, can we re-stimulate growth in the brain? Can we grow new neurons and new networks and new dendrites? Now, the answer to that is yes. I've been researching this for over 38 years and I saw with my patients with severe traumatic brain injuries and those that were in early stages of mild cognitive impairment and early stages of Alzheimer's that we could really delay onset and also improve and slow down the progression. So the more intensively that you stimulate your brain correctly, the more you're going to influence that pathway. And hopefully because of the neuroplasticity of the brain, the fact that the brain is always changing, it never gets stuck in one way of functioning even though we may feel emotionally stuck because we keep using the same pathway you can you can keep thinking in the same way and then you keep you know you keep growing the same let me me hold up if it's a toxic here's a toxic tree you know toxic pathway forming but you can you don't have to stay there You know, every time you you use this toxic pathway, it's not going to be the same. It's just going to be reinforced. It's always changed. So even if you're thinking in the same way and it's the same behavior pattern, the same toxic thought, it's still never quite the same. It's the same sort of thing, but it's getting worse and worse if it's toxic or it's getting better and better if it is a healthy thought. So your brain is always changing because your mind is always changing. So hang on to this. Your brain is always changing because your mind is always changing. And your mind is driving the brain. The mind is this energetic force that's all around you and in you, and it's not there when you're dead. So it's your ability to respond, it's your ability to experience life, and it's your ability to 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 direct the neuroplasticity into, and to direct what you do with your mind. So you can use your mind to direct your mind. So one of the things that that is that was incredibly helpful for my patients and that had traumatic brain injuries and mild cognitive impairments and showing the very similar symptoms to what a COVID-impaired brain is showing was to do what I call brain building. So what I would do with my patients is at the beginning of every session, I would do a whole session of brain building. And then I would go into brain detoxing. So when we talk about managing covid what we want to do is we want to realize that there's the whole emotional component, the anxiety, the stress, the isolation, just being sick is scary. So we do need to manage that. We do need to do the fives, the neur- use the neurocycle, like I spoke about in last week's podcast and that I speak about in my book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, my most recent book, where I explain exactly how to do the neuro So doing the neurocycle is going to help you manage and process the emotional side, the the trauma side of, of having gone through or going through gone through the going gone through and going through the pandemic and also the trauma of, of maybe if you've you know if you've actually got COVID or had it, that's traumatic itself. It's scary. So there's a lot of trauma too there. So we need to process that. So you use you're going to go and listen to last week's podcast and you're going to do the Neurocycle for that. And I would re- recommend that you do that daily. Okay, for spend fifteen to forty five minutes working on that daily. I also have an app called the Neurocycle app. Where I walk you through this process, and in my conference this year, I'm going to be walking you through this process in absolute detail as well. And then, what you can also do though is you can build break, it can do brain building as well. Now, brain building I would do for 45 minutes to 60 minutes and more if you can during the day. And brain building is basically forcing your brain to grow new pathways that are nice and strong and healthy that will then be built into those areas along that thought path because as you are brain building, you are working along that thought pathway that I described from the temporal lobe to the doorway of the internal cortex to the thalamus to the cortex back to the hypothalamus to the amygdala to the hippocampus back into the cortex. This whole, that's a simplified version of it, but that pathway which is being stimulated and there's all the electromagnetic and neurochemical and genetic action that's happening in that pathway. When you brain build you are driving a fire of good energy through that pathway and therefore growing new healthy networks because your brain keeps growing. So you're driving that process. So this is what you are going to do. We're going to, this is what brain building does. Brain building is just so fantastic. You're going to do it for about 15 to 45 minutes a day and it is a way of you rebuilding your brain driving this correct energy through the brain, this this healthy energy through the brain, through in that same pathway to bring in that's like it's like literally going in and cleaning up all the mess from when you take a vacuum cleaner and cleaning up all the mess and cleaning your carpets and tidying up your house and then you can bring in new furniture and you can put new things up on the wall. Kind of like that sort of idea, but it's being done in this intensive way. And it's so exciting. You can see I'm excited because I saw the changes in my in my patients it was dramatic in myself. I mean, whenever I am stressed out or, 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 or feeling anxious or have been a bit sick or something like that, just doing this brain building is absolutely revitalizing. It's, it makes you just feel different because of the different energy shift that it creates in the brain. It will increase the balance between the two sides of the brain, which you want in terms of the brain wave. So it's going to balance the alpha wave across the left and the right hemisphere. And the alpha wave helps, helps you to then dig down deep into your non-conscious mind and, and put up all those memories, which then activates a lovely flow of gamma, which helps you to increase your creativity. And by the way, that's one of the other things that's been impacted by people that have had COVID. They, they feel like their brain fog and creativity has been impacted. So brain building will help with brain fog, with the creativity, with being able to think deeply, being able to organize your thoughts, being able to build up your memory to counter that forgetfulness. And it has a carryover effect. It's sustainable. So essentially, it is a driving force that is literally rewiring your brain in the right direction. Now, what you do is you can choose anything that you're interested in and start with something that's super easy that you're super interested in. And you go through the five steps of the NeuroCycle to build new information. I'm going to explain it briefly here, but I really recommend that you get the app, the NeuroCycle app, and and get my book because I explain it in depth in the book on cleaning up your mental mess and how to do this. So you just take something that you're interested in. I mean, you can even take my book. You can get my book and you can brain build through my books. You open literally at a chapter, at chapter one, and you read a paragraph. You literally read a paragraph, but you don't read more than a paragraph. The first step is to actually gather awareness. The five steps of the neurocycle that you use for brain building are to get information in. Gather awareness. Okay. Gather awareness of the information. And you're going to do that by reading out loud. That's how you're gathering. You're gathering the data into your brain. Okay? So you're going to read it out loud. Using your finger or using a pencil while you're reading. Okay, then you're going to stop. Step two is to reflect. Reflecting is asking, answering, discussing, to work out what it is that you are have just read. What does it mean? Do you understand it? And as you're doing that, you're looking back at the work that you've just read and you're circling it and talking out loud. So you're using your hands, you're using your pen, you're talking, you're interacting, you're becoming very interactive, which is very good stimulation for the brain. Now, if you can do this on your own, or you can do this with someone, and it's a great activity, and I'm going to expand it with a book, and you can do it watching a video. So I'll give you two different ways of doing it. So you then the third step is then you would then write down into a metacog, which is a way of organizing information. I've got one over here going to grab it in a moment but there's actually a picture in the book of a metacog and it's a way of organizing information that is all like a big branched page all over the page it's an excellent way of you being able to there we go this is a picture of a metacog i'm going to hold it up close it's a way of organizing information In a branched format that forces the two sides of the brain to work together, gets that alpha activity going, gets that gamma activity going, also gets your beta activity going across the two sides of the brain, which will increase your your focus and concentration, will increase dopamine, which will then increase serotonin, which will then increase anandamide. I mean, you just set up a whole... Cycle, which then activates your hypothalamus, hypothalamic pituitary axis, which is your stress axis to now work for you, not against you. It increases blood flow and oxygen to your brain. I mean, it's all the things that you need to happen will happen as you are brain building, okay? So the metacog, really, each step, the gathering awareness, the reflecting, the metacogging, each step is designed to create more and more of this good stimulation in the brain that creates a, a healing environment for reordering the brain and rebuilding the damaged areas of the brain. And in this way, you are if you do this all the time, you're working against the potential impact like Alzheimer's and dementias, which are damages to those parts of the brain. Yes, from from things like like the COVID virus can potentially cause that kind of thing, but also from not managing our toxic thoughts. If we've got years and years of suppressed anxiety and trauma, that also damages that pathway and sets us up for Alzheimer's. So the stuff I'm telling you, it, you don't just have to apply if you've had COVID. This is something that should be lifestyles. That's why I teach this as a lifestyle. Okay, so the third step of metacognitive really makes the, ooh, the two sides of the brain to work together, activates the corpus callosum, which is between the two sides of the brain. That is very important to be activated to integrate the different parts of the brain. Activates the anterior central gyrus, which helps us to have cognitive flexibility. I mean, just beautiful things happen. We have 200 different areas in our brain that are specialized for you and those become stimulated and activated. And when your brain's in that state, it's in a healthy state. Then the fourth step is you're going to then look at what you've written, compare it back to the original source material to see if you understood it. Did you did you get it? Was it did you make a mistake? Did you leave something out? Could you add something in? And when you write it, by the way, when you write onto a metacog, you don't write the whole sentence. You write down 15 to 35%. And then the last step is you actually Explain it back to yourself, so to see that have I understood this? And this very meticulous, systematic process is doing all this phenomenal stuff in your brain along that very pathway that has been damaged by COVID and by the actual virus. And it's also helping with the damage that the little, the little mini strokes across the brain has occurred have have occurred, and also can help with increasing blood flow and oxygen to the brain. It is getting pretty toasty where I live. And one thing I know for certain, I get really stressed out if I have to stand in front of a hot stove or oven and cook a meal. But I don't want to order takeout or go out for every meal either. There is something so special about sharing a meal at home with your loved ones and it's so great for brain health too. This is why I love Daily Harvest. They deliver delicious harvest bowls, flatbreads, smoothies and more, all built on organic fruits and vegetables right to your door. It takes literally minutes to prepare, and I love knowing that the food I'm eating is actually good for my brain and body. Indeed, the best thing about Daily Harvest is that they never use preservatives, added sugar, or artificial anything. My summertime favorite is their Daily Harvest Scoops, a plant-based ice cream that comes in a variety of delicious flavors, like the ooey-gooey midnight fudge, which is my personal favorite, especially topped with fresh berries. It is the perfect summer treat, plus it's gluten and dairy-free. Daily Harvest is all about leaving the earth in a better place than they found it. Not just for us, but for future generations to come. They focus on increasing biodiversity, investing in organic farming practices, reducing food waste and even prioritizing recyclable and compostable packaging. Stay cool, calm and collected during the summer heat. Go to dailyharvest.com and enter the code DRLEAF to get $25 off your first box That's code Dr. Lee for $25 off your first box at dailyharvest.com, dailyharvest.com. The link and details will be in the show notes. And just before you start and while you're doing it, you can do the 10-second pause. And the 10-second pause I've taught before, but I do it when I'm metacogging. I consciously do it quite a lot because I get quite excited when I'm busy doing this. So I make a deliberate and intentional conscious effort every few moments to do a 10 second pause breathing which then pushes a lot of oxygen to the front of my brain and that and that's really good you want lots of oxygen to the front of your brain and you do the 10 second pause like this you simply breathe in for three counts deeply like really let your belly expand and then you push it out for seven counts and then you breathe in Two, three, eight, nine, ten. And when you do it, you almost like shake your head because you can feel a slight dizziness as you get this burst of energy to the front of your brain. But that is so good to get you focused and concentrating and get that dopamine flowing and get that beta wave balance across your brain and get that gamma integrating your creativity and all these beautiful things. And then so you can, whoopsie, you can do that. <laughs> drop my pen there. You can do that while you are writing And while you're doing a recheck, at any point during the five steps, and then the recheck, as I said, the active reach, the first step is then you explain it back. So then if we do this together, you're going to have your piece of paper, your neuropsycho journal, whatever. You're going to read a sentence or two. So I'm just going to take any sentence from my book just to demonstrate this to you. And I'm going to read, What many people do not recognize is the need for proper mind management and heart both supports and sustains a healthy lifestyle. So I stop there. You read one or two or maximum three sentences. So a part of a paragraph or a whole paragraph. Now you stop. So that's my gather. I've read it out loud. So I'm stimulating all the different senses. I'm reading it. I've read it with my finger, So I'm touching the page, or you can hold a pen and read it with your pen. So there's connection with the page. So there's that sensory stimulation. You're speaking, your tongue's moving, you're hearing, you're looking, you're reading, you're interacting. Then you stop, step two, and you reflect, okay, what have I just read? You ask yourself, then you answer. I've just read, and as you answer, you can look back and you can circle with your pen. I dropped mine on the floor, but have a pencil or a pen and circle. Don't underline, don't highlight, circle. That makes you more involved and makes you more more meticulous about what you, it makes you think deeper, gets more creative gamma activity flowing across left and right side of your brain, okay? And so you look back and, and you ask yourself, what have I just read? I've just read that. Oh, many people don't recognize. So I'll put many people, I'll circle many people, do not recognize the need for proper mind management. So not and recognize. So I've circled many people not recognize need, I'll circle, mind management. And then how it supports supports and sustains a healthy lifestyle, I will put the sustains healthy lifestyle. Okay, so I've circled. so So I read step one. I'm rereading, asking, on, second step is ask, answer, discuss. And I ask myself, what have I just read? I answer myself by rereading and circling and now I'm discussing it. Okay, so many people don't actually realize, so I'm looking at what I'm, and I'm talking and explaining to myself that we need proper mind management. And proper mind management is how we sustain a healthy lifestyle. Okay, got it. Now I'm going to write it down on my Metacog and I'm going to write just 15 to 35% branched in the middle. I'm going to put there. My brain health, or whatever it's called, in a circle, and then I'm going to grow little branches exactly like a tree, and write each word on a branch, with each branch growing out of the previous branch, and then you just write down the fifteen to thirty five percent under a, under a category. So this this category could be maybe chapter one and healthy life or mind management. So chapter one, mind management, and then the first little sentence that you've just done, you would write you would write maybe many people, and then I would write many, and then I would draw little person and then maybe put realize with a cross through it. And that would be many people don't realize, but I've only written three words, two words and one symbol. And then I would carry on, branch out from there. I'd put the mind management in a bubble with a big exclamation mark, exclamation mark, because it's important. And then I would put the equals healthy and lifestyle in two separate lines, something like that. So just the thinking it out to create that pattern makes you think even deeper, makes you grow your brain even more. And it's, driving that pathway, reordering the brain, getting energy through the brain. Then I'll look at what I've written, compared back to what I've just read, compare to what I've written on my Metacog to what I've read. That's my recheck. And then I'll end off by saying, okay, so we've got to realize the importance of mind management. If we don't do mind management, we are not going to have healthy lifestyles. Okay, got my first point. Then I'll go to my next sentence. And so you work, work through for about 45 minutes to an hour. If you do that every day, and if you can even do two hours, that's fantastic. It is so good. I like to use something that I'm interested in, but also something that I'm learning from. So don't take stuff that's super easy. Take stuff that is challenging to you. And if you're doing this with a loved one who's maybe battling, so you're helping them, you could then take something easy and you, they may not be able to write. You may have to write for them, depending on how how how, how much they've been, their brain has been affected by COVID. And then what you can also do is you can do it from a video. You could choose an interesting. You could do for one of my podcasts if you're watching on video, and then you could you could actually do this whole process as you're watching the video. So you could listen to a little section of me talking, then pause, and then do the ask. So that's that's the gather. Then you can ask, answer, discuss, write it down, replay, listen again, and so you work through. So sequentially working through. So this is brain building. And if as you do this, you are healing that pathway. So this is a very very powerful way of helping. To heal the damage from COVID. I hope this has helped you and I hope you realize that you have so much power. You have so much power in this amazing mind. And no matter what has happened, you can overcome these terrible things that have happened to us and this damage to our brain. Our brain is neuroplastic. We can change our brain. We can direct the neuroplasticity of our brain. Thank you for joining me today and I look forward to seeing you next time.